Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Spotcast, episode 60. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuhlein and Mr. Mississauga. Hello there. We also have Jaime Lopez Jr. working from home in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? All righty. Pretty good. It's going pretty good. How are you doing? You, you right. say Jaime's working from home like he's the only one now. No, we're all working from home. We're, yeah, we're it's any different. We're tired of talking about viruses and flattening curves and things. Yeah, yeah let's talk about some science fiction stuff. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's get a, let's get our fantasy on. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so we'll start off with some fact check. Uh, I have one. Um, the, the, the documentary I was talking about, which covers Atari and Sony and PlayStation and all those kind of guys uh, and Xbox was called Rise of the Video Game and it was a four part thing I watched on Discovery Channel on, on, on the YouTube but it was produced by Discovery Channel so cool I think it was replayed like a couple of months ago on Discovery and Jonathan you have some fact checking of my own facts yes I did uh, yeah we were States. talking about uh, uh, Lost in Space the original Lost in Space from the 1960s earlier mm-hmm. and uh, in our last episode and uh, you were not sure if Jonathan Harris who's one of the stars of that had been also in my favorite Martian, but look it up, and the star right. of that was Ray Walston. Right, and where I got mixed up with that was I was just talking to Jaime just before we started recording. Um, I never watched that show; it was before my time, right? But mm. um, uh, I, I remember there being somebody connected in there, but it was Bill Bixby, who was who went on to be a uh, courtship of Eddie's father. He played Eddie's father, and then he also uh, was, of course, the original Hulk, right? right. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Uh, it was David Banner on the show David for some Banner. reason. Oh, is it? It's oh, it's, oh right. Right, different name. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Apparently nice. alliteration was out in the 1970s, who knows? Oh, was that? Yeah, I guess that's a sort of a, a trope in, in comic books, right? Yeah, well, Reed, Reed Richards, Peter Parker, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, it. Nope, that's not a thing. <laughs> Anywho, all right, let's move on to some headlines. We've got some headlines, honey. Hit us with the headlines. Yeah, a little bit of uh, you know, a glimmer of light in the dark. You know, now that everybody's uh, in the pandemic mode and, and a lot of folks are either in some sort of lockdown or shelter in place or at least general avoidance of people in general. Um, there's going to be a theme here on this episode, and that's about stuff becoming available digitally. And in this case, we've got Disney bringing Frozen 2 to Disney Plus three months early. Um, I'm not exactly the, the target market for for this, but I imagine that there are many families out there that appreciate the fact that they can they can watch this sooner right. than it would uh, normally come to, based on typical theatrical release to streaming sort of cycles. Yes, I noticed that Star Wars, um, the new Star Wars, is available um, already, and uh, it's available on um, iTunes already. You can yeah purchase or rent it, but uh, and that was I guess a few days early, not uh, right. But will that eventually be coming? That'll come to Disney Plus eventually, right? It will eventually. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think, think obviously they want people to spend money on it before they spend money on it and then spend money on it some more. Right. And we had, because um, we had Force Awakens and um, the other one, Last Jedi, on on our Canadian Netflix for a long time, right? So mm-hmm. before 
the big uh, big purchases, mm-hmm. stuff like that. There, so yeah, I'm kind of wondering when when this stuff will come on. Um, yeah, but there's probably a lot of people because it, it is spring break or March break for a lot of uh, younger students who are also going to be out of school for a while. So I think uh, this is obviously it's a good PR move, but it's also just a you know it is a nice gesture. All things being equal, for a, a time when a lot of people are trapped at home with their children and the weather could be or not be good. So uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice move. And, and you're right, Jaime. There'll be a theme of of these moves that are both good PR slash good for the consumer. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the the other shoe to drop when you know the profiteers, other than the hand sanitizer people, but the other profiteers start waking up and realizing there's a buck to be made here. Anywho, um, mine is again. It's on on the same theme of this is on the theme of washing your hands, which apparently is now really important. Um, we were talking last week about uh, singing "Happy Birthday" twice while you wash your hands to sort of give yourself that two minute of hand washing activity. Um, Shelby Young here has posted a video on uh, on the Twitter, which um, is in keeping with our theme. She has got her hair done up like Princess Leia, and she's got a white shirt on like Princess Leia, and she's doing the "Help Me, Obi Wan Kenobi." speech from the full speech the one that uh, r2d2 eventually uh, frees up uh from a new hope star wars episode four so yeah so if you want to um time yourself brushing your or washing your hands uh do the leia speech from star wars we'll have a link in the show notes for that it's kind, kind of impressive that she could do it off the top of her head well yeah you don't think she practiced that like a thousand times uh, either way it's, it's not a small speech no 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 not just true it is it, admittedly the, the video is like one minute long it's not full two minutes but i suppose if you if you spoke it at the original speed you might get the full two hand, two minute hand washing out of it in any case all right um so this is Next story I got out of I was you know poking around some stocks and stuff like that and this is from Barons.com a site that talks about finances and stuff like that and uh, yeah just an interesting idea here uh, apparently Disney's stock has crashed and uh, analysts think that Apple should buy Disney what do you guys think about that I mean it, I guess it makes a lot of sense although I don't know I mean. I guess there wouldn't be any monopoly issues in that. I wonder if they'd have to divest anything, Hmm. but I don't think so. Right, right. The only thing I could think of being problematic is their relationship to the iTunes, Apple TV Plus stuff and how that works vis-a-vis like Disney Plus. Mm, Fair enough. They may have to free themselves of the contracts with other distributors under that, right? Yeah, but they wouldn't have like content, or at least not a a bunch of it, um, that would fall afoul of this, I don't think. It's not like sort of the more problematic thing of Disney getting together with Fox and all the other inquiries it had. So what's the valuation, Tim? Does it say in the story? I mean, if if the assets of Fox cost, what, $60 billion? Mm -hmm. So Disney's all in, including that, have to be, what, $175, billion, $200 Mm -hmm. I would just be off the top of my head, but... Well, they they bought Beats for $3 billion in 2014, right, Apple? It's interesting. I was reading a, another article. I didn't post it in either of two shows, I don't think, that Apple has just signed a, a, a deal with a, a bunch of music publishers. Um, oh, Disney's market thing. capitalization is down to $168 billion. Mm, right. And it says that Apple has $98 billion in net cash and could buy the right. company at its current value. A fire sale price, yeah. Yeah, it's nice when they call $168 billion a fire sale. But yeah, well, down, think- down 11% is not nothing. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, would Apple get rid of it? The $98 billion net cash, I mean, that's what they have floating around in the banks, they figure? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just their liquid assets. Right. That's right. not their market valuation, which is something... Yeah, trillion. 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 Yeah. yeah. Trillion with a T. Yeah, interesting idea. We'll have to see what... Uh, I, I mean, it's just a speculation, I think, on the part of... Uh, well, they've investors. been talking about it for years, right? They, they were saying that uh, Netflix was something that they had purportedly kicked the tires on in years past, right? Right, okay. Hmm. I mean, given that that's sort of a missing component, obviously they've started the Apple TV Plus, but they don't right. really have that um, that catalog of their own, right? Right, right. Well, and, and do, is it a mystery what Netflix is worth? Like, uh, I don't. It's a private company, isn't it? I don't know, but the but yeah, that's what I mean. Because like, like no, people, like even people who are on Netflix, don't really know what you know network what what people are actually getting like out of out of watching. Like how many people are watching and how often shows get watched. No, it's and Traded. It's on Nasdaq. Uh, three hundred and thirty dollars a share. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's gone down. A About eight hundred and fifty million dollars. That can't be right. That's not their valuation. That's there. Mm. Anyway, yeah, it, we'll we'll maybe look that one up for next time. But it's. Uh, I think it's certainly within the ninety-eight billion dollars liquid assets purchase price. That if they mm-hmm. were looking for it. Right. Interesting. All right, carry on. Next one we've got is uh, Regal Cinemas, the uh, the second largest theater chain in the United States, is closed all of its theaters. Um, really? It has already done this because this was as of March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. As we record, it is Thursday, the 19th of March. And uh, additionally, AMC has, as far as I know, not closed, but is not allowing more than 50 people in a theater at the same time. Really? Uh, so yeah. they're they're at reduced capacity, and I, I have to imagine they will close relatively soon. And that's if they're not forced to close based on like shelter-in-place type activities. Yeah. Well, we uh, our, our theaters just got ordered to close a couple of days ago and bars and things like that too, right, John? Yep. Uh, no restaurants that don't offer takeout. There's no seating in restaurants anymore and uh, all Cineplex theaters across the country are closed. That's our main um, chain wow. of movie theaters. They're all closed indefinitely mm-hmm. um, and a lot of retail spaces are starting to close up as well. So it's, yeah, it's getting a little more and then a lot of places are also going to reduce hours. Even grocery stores and stuff like that now are, are sort of, you know, 12 hours a day max kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely creeping across Cross, but yeah, it is certainly certainly limiting the options for people who sort of thought, uh, oh, well, maybe we could go to the theater and just sit six seats away from everybody. But uh, I guess it's just not worth the expense of keeping it open. So, hmm. so on a side article here, um, I don't know if this will still be available by the time we go to the air on uh, Sunday. But um, uh, just uh, I just wanted to hear here's a list of games you can grab for free or, or at deep discount prices right now. Um, two of them are, are some of our favorites: uh, Alto's Adventure and um, that other one. What's it called? Uh, is it Alto's Odyssey? Odyssey the Alto's Odyssey, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're both, they're both from uh, Canada's own Snowman uh, Publishing or Snowman Games. Um, and uh, Goat of Duty, um, Mini Metro, Treasure Adventure Game, Capcom Media Bundle, Life is Strange, uh, down to like three bucks, uh, Super Bit Blaster XL, Base Junkies, Sims 4. People still play Sims? Wow. I think they're uh, living it now. Mario. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> it's become Mario. reality. Some Resident <laughs> Evil 3, if you into that kind of stuff, yeah. So check check this link out. We'll put a link in the show notes for this one. All right, like, carrying on. Let's let's not get distracted. 
So next time you're up. Next bit we've got is uh, Universal is going to release films that are currently in theaters or were just about to come out as $20 online rentals starting Friday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that currently includes um, The Invisible Man, The Hunt, and Emma, and then hmm. the upcoming Trolls World Tour uh, sequel, which is coming out on April 10th, will be available nice. as video on demand. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on this one. This could be really interesting because this is a trend that has apparently been sort of bubbling around the uh, edges for a while that in an effort to uh, mitigate a culture that is starting to not go to the theater as much already, right? Yeah, that they're talking about this is an option for people who don't enjoy the theater experience but want to see the first run movies and are willing to pay the premium. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if this is something that is just for, you know, the duration of, you know, our, uh, our pandemic that we're going through right now or if this is something that will become a little bit more of the norm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we, we talked about last No Time to Die, um, Fast and Furious, and, and Mulan, I think, were other movies that were so slated to come out and had been pulled back by the, by the studios, right? Mm-hmm. And the list has grown. We'll talk about that in a bit. Stay tuned, folks. There's more to come. Right. Mine's a quick, my next one is a real quick one. I noticed the other day when I was watching television that Parasite is coming to Crave TV in Canada in May. Nice. So, yeah. And I think we t- I think I talked last week about Nerd Writer. He's got a, I, I, I kind of don't want to give people who haven't seen the movie yet this link, but there's a interesting, he does an interesting piece on the montages and the way that um, Bung Joon-ho um, puts together uh, scenes and one particular perfect montage in the middle of the movie, but it kind of gives away one of the major plot points. So I, I don't encourage you if you haven't seen the movie yet to, to check this nerd writer thing out, but it's interesting how he compares, you know, the uh, editing style and um, storytelling style of Alfred Hitchcock. There's even an Alfred Hitchcock Easter egg in the movie too. But yeah, so anyway, coming in May, so I assume it'll be coming sometime around that time in the United States of America. For those of you down there, or up there, I guess, Tommy is north of us, isn't he? Um, Technically, yes, even though I always think of Canada as being to my north, <laughs> yeah. and you are in Canada, so I just assume it's north, but the, the country doesn't run, you know, the border doesn't run completely mm-hmm. parallel. Yeah, we're so. below the 40, 49th parallel, I think, is the borderline, mm-hmm. right, John? Yep. Yeah. yeah, technically. All right, cool. So, Jaime, you got some more headlines for us? Yeah, this is a new series coming out on uh, Amazon Video called Upload, which is, is actually kind of in similar themes that are going on in, in science fiction nowadays. So this idea here, and, and it seems to be like a comedy, possibly dark comedy, the idea being that you can uh, decide to upload yourself and live the afterlife in the digital realm. So it starts out with a guy who uh, is a tech bro who got you know seriously injured, and he kind of has to decide, do you want to have this dangerous life-saving surgery, or do you want to just go ahead and lean, lean really hard into the skid and go into the digital afterlife and upload yourself? Hmm. So I'd, I'd say check out the trailer. This will come out on uh, May 1st. Looks interesting enough to try out an episode or two. Hmm. Sounds cool. Yeah, apparently includes... Heaven Can uh, Wait, digital version of Heaven Can Wait, right? Yes, that's, that's kind of what was coming to, to mind as well. Uh, but I can yeah. think of like, you know, Transcendence and arguably Westworld and arguably Picard and like just a lot of media that seems to be touching on this this sort of same theme. Yeah, it was a Black Mirror episode like that too, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Isn't the San Junipero a little bit like that? The, um, the one woman, is, or the two women who are dying and they're trying to decide whether or not they want to live on in the afterworld, digital afterworld. Hmm, interesting. All right, next. All right, well, here we are. Uh, so speaking of movie delays, uh, The Black Widow, which was expected to be uh, one of the bigger movies of this year, has been delayed. So uh, no actual date given for its rescheduling, given obviously the uncertainty, but uh, that one obviously hurts because uh, it was going to be sort of our first first chapter of a new phase for the Marvel 
universe. Um, and obviously how they were going to sort of position this one, given that uh, Black Widow was a character who uh, died in the previous Avengers movie. Sorry if you haven't watched the most highest grossing movie of all time. Um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how these movies get reorganized in the end, because how they're going to fit these into a schedule and how they're going to still, you know, make the kind of money that they expect to make off of these when, you know, there's this uncertainty. It'll be interesting. I don't know if it gets postponed by months or year or, or what. I kind of wonder what's going to happen to movie theaters in general. I mean, like like we've already, like Jaime sort of said, there's already a bunch of closures happening, right? Um, and, you know, we've seen the drive-in theater, which used to be something we used to go to all the time uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, as an option. I think there's only a handful of drive-in theaters left in, in the country, right? And mm-hmm. Especially in North America. Could be a new too. thing again. Yeah. Well, I mean, will it or, or will it become that you just get a big TV and watch it at home with, you know, your loved ones and yeah. shelter in place, right? Well, I guess it depends on the duration of this kind of uh, uncertainty, right? Like, in, yeah. And, and again, it depends on the economics too, you know, does it make more sense for Marvel to sit on this for a year and mm. will the interest still be as high if they wait? I don't know. It's a good question. Or do they split them up and make them like Jessica Jones kind of, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's such a different type them. of filmmaking too, though, right? And like, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Different storytelling, I guess, right? Yeah, very much so. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the profit margin is just so high on those things, right? You right, know, right. Marvel puts out one of their tentpole movies and it's going to make, you know, a billion bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Not so much if they can't get people going out to the theater, so. Well, I guess, again, could, you know, if, if it's 20 bucks to see a, The Invisible Man, how much does it cost to rent a copy of that to your house? Would you pay right. 50 bucks to see Black Widow in your yeah. house tomorrow? <laughs> I no. might. I might. Really? I might. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, what's your number? What would you pay to see a Black Widow today? Uh, it's so difficult because I think these answers will vary based on like how big or is the, the amount of family you have immediately around you who can make <laughs> use of this. Like I think for you with the, uh, you know, the family and kids, I'm like, oh, all right, like it, I think your number can be higher. Mine, I think I'm only going 25, 30 bucks because mm-hmm. it really would just be me and my significant other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, 15 a piece it's a little bit of a slight discount on um tickets if we so went what, out to but what does an imax movie cost you okay so let's see so the sailor base normally of 16 and then you add five for the imax so we're talking 21 and then if it and was 3d the on top of it another five yeah. uh so you have to 20 what did i say 21 26 and then yeah popcorn and other things it, it's it's not a perfect sort of calculation because my home system is not anywhere near as good as the movie theater uh, so that also comes out in the calculation too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be the same experience. I don't know that, you know, I, I certainly enjoy watching those movies on my TV when they arrive there, but it's it's a very different experience than that first time you sit down to watch one of those big, huge, epic movies on a big Especially screen. the sound systems. Yeah. The sound system and the IMAX screen and everything. I mean, it, you know, I think you and I are, are the slowly dwindling minority on that, but, you know, it, it is still an event to go into those kind of movies. You know, I like my home theater setup, but it certainly can't hold a candle to that. Sure, sure. Right. Uh, next up up well orville fans Mm -hmm. good news while we all patiently wait for the third season of the orville to arrive on hulu and there is still no as i know it uh as we know release date for that one Mm -hmm. dark horse comics is going to be publishing uh the orville season 2.5 as a comic book uh it is going to be two two issue episodes and it's going to be written by david goodman who is an extra uh, executive producer on the show uh and drawn by david capet 
Pizza, and it, they worked on. There was a, pre, a season one point five that they did for the uh, for the publisher before, hmm. and uh, yeah, it's going to come out on June the third. So it should be interesting to uh, to do that. So I, I'll read the synopsis here. When seemingly hostile Krill ships cross into Union space, the Orville intercepts. Captain Mercer learns they are en route to a planet that left the Union decades ago under mysterious circumstances. Scans have discovered a moon-sized construct above the planet, and the Krill intend a preemptive strike against the presumed weapon. But is it? Dun-dun-dun! Something to tide me over while I'm waiting for season three to not only come out, but complete. It's like I'm binging all on Hulu in one month. Hey, here you oh, go. Have you done? watched it? <laughs> I don't have Hulu as a, a regular subscriber, and oh. I don't I don't feel... It's close, because there's other stuff we might watch, mm-hmm. and that might end up convincing me to, to watch some other things on Hulu, too. You don't want to um, cave on that package that they had with Disney, Disney Plus? Disney Plus, I don't think, has enough for me yet. I think it would be predominantly The Mandalorian, and I'm not even sure if there's something else. Oh, Clone Wars. Wars. New season of Clone Wars. Mm, I think I need to go... I only got about halfway through Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, wait. It's not on Netflix anymore. It's probably on Disney Plus, the whole series. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus, as is Rebels, as is... uh, Yeah. All right. It's getting there. It's getting closer. It's getting closer, right? It's harder now. Well, the the plan apparently still is to release uh, two of their new series this fall, too, those Marvel series, so maybe by this fall you'll be ready. Hmm. Funny thing, you know, I was trying to watch uh, a couple of Apple TV shows today, and they got the spinning wheel of death. Oh, but to switch over to Disney Plus and watch something. Hmm. All right, next up, sad news. Uh, so we lost uh, another another bit of our childhood. Uh, Lyle, Lyle Wagner passed away this week. Uh, Lyle Wagner was Steve Trevor on the original Wonder Woman TV show that a lot of us grew up watching, um, and he was great. He was you know big, tall, strapping, leading man type guy. Uh, he was also, uh, he was on you know, bit parts on lots and lots of other shows. He was on Carol Burnett's show. He was on all kinds of stuff. Uh, very recognizable figure from the 1970s and 80s. And uh, yeah, 84 years old. So wow. sad, sad piece of our, our childhood. Yeah, I used gone. to watch him on uh, on Carol Burnett too. Yeah, yeah, he was often the straight guy, right? He was very much the sort of... He yeah, was, he, was, he, was a, he was sort of big and, he was big and built like David Prowse, you know, like a bodybuilder kind big, of thing. Yeah, big barrel-chested dude, like big guy. Yeah. 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 So Harvey Corman and is Tim Conway still around? Or? No, Tim Conway passed away last year. Right, and I think Harvey Corman's gone too. He's right? gone as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's just Carol Burnett and Carol um, and, um, and uh, what's her name? <laughs> oh yeah, good old what's her name from Mama's Family? Mm-hmm. Yes, Vicky Lawrence. Vicky oh, Lawrence. Yeah. See, dig deep enough, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, sad news about Lyra Wagner. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. All right. So I was watching. I was talking about this yesterday. Yesterday, um, Sony revealed the, the specifications for the PS5, the PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, so they have, I've got two links here. Uh, one sort of talks about the, the, the actual thing. And the second one is a 10 minute uh, chopped up video of the announcement by a, the, um, I'm not sure if he's the vice president or whatever of, of whatever, of, but it, it was clearly, I mean, in, in keeping with our times, it was like, sounded like it was coming from a sound studio. There was no audience sound, no audience reaction. But what was funny for me was, was I mean, I watched it to see what, what the big deal was, what PS5 was obviously, but the um when they stepped away like when they they sort of showed from the back of the theater shot of the guy you know giving the speech they had these cutouts of characters right like of people sitting in the audience and they came back to it a couple of times during the during the broadcast and they didn't move oh. so they were clearly it was like a mystery science 3000 kind of like you know <laughs> little black heads there so it was kind of kind of odd yeah. uh, thing to do so yeah my uh our, our number one fan watched the whole thing live as they were doing it and he said it was 
very yeah. much more. Uh, it felt like a game developer's uh, announcement versus a "Tada, we're here!" announcement. He said there was no right. no actual box, no actual controller, no actual games, no actual price, no actual release date. It was all focused on uh, how to develop games on it. Right? Oh, was it? Yeah. What well, was it? What was odd about the whole presentation was he spent a lot of time trying to justify why they're putting a, a solid state drive in the thing. I mean, like it's 2020. We've had these solid state drives for almost 10 years now right mm-hmm. and they're just getting around to it now and talking about how fabulous it's going to be like he wasted a l- i mean he spent wasted yeah he pretty much wasted a lot of time but he spent a lot of time talking about how much faster things would load because that's one of my favorite things about about playstation I, my favorite game is the loading game you know i turn it on <laughs> i play the loading game and then by the time it's finished loading i'm done i don't want to play anymore yeah you know it's, it's, it satisfies all my needs when it comes to playstation right <laughs> so i think the well a couple of things I, I think this was you know intended to be the gdc the game developer conference yeah. sort of announcement of tech stuff so i think it was really meant at that audience and not uh you know not number one fan territory this wasn't like hey right, youngins yeah. this cool new game's coming out it's like no hey developers you could make some awesome games with this thing and to tim's point about the hard drivers solid state the, the advantage of hard drives spinning disk is you can very cheaply put a ton of space in there mm-hmm. and you do give that up with the solid state drive uh, at the cost of expense and he was really really pushing the idea of like hey you know how modern games you know in order to maintain high fidelity at some point they have to hide the seams in the loading by shoving right, around yeah. these twisty passageways and how many oh here we go here's a cave or here's a corridor I gotta go through so that it can hide the fact that the level's loading as I'm walking in the direction and he really pushing the fact that like hey newer game design is like well this loads so fast you don't you don't even have to worry about that just just load it you, you don't have to make the weird you know walking around or or like tim said the the loading game where fast travel takes me across the universe but it also takes 30 seconds to load well i world. actually forgot about my, my the other game the my other favorite game is the sequel one the update system game <laughs> that's yeah, by far that one's much more entertaining <laughs> I don't think PlayStation go I don't know about my Xbox but I don't think PlayStation goes out of their way to hide the loading they they I think they because that's one of the most annoying things. You switch a scene and then you just get the little spinning disc for however long while the the next scenes load up, right? Resources yeah, load up. It depends on the game. Some games are a little better than others, but uh, yeah, they, they're a little uh, abrupt at times. Right. Anyway, so there's two links here for people who really want to sit through that stuff. Uh, all right. Something fun for us as we continue to try and bring some levity to a heavy world right now. So <laughs> this one made me laugh. Our, our friends over at uh, io9. <laughs> I just can't even. Uh, okay. So apparently there was a bit of a stir on social media this week Mm -hmm. because there was a tweet that went out that said that there had been a VFX producer working on the movie Cats, which got incredibly panned for being this weird uh, sort of sexualized cat thing in the theaters. And uh, so this person tweeted out and said, you know, a VFX producer of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effect shots in the Cats movie. His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted <laughs> a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of Cats, which led to the hashtag going around that was, quote, release the butthole cut. Right. <laughs> it was trending for a little while yesterday. Hmm. Uh, so it has been now uh, shot down 
by the uh, the writer director Ben Meckler, who posted uh, just a clarification: there were never any shots of cats with buttholes, or at least by design, none that I saw anyway. However, there were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur sim was groomed or just folded in a way that really, really looked like a very furry, like very, very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. Right. The task, as typical with heavy CGA films, fell on 2D to paint out the offending articles where it was brought up and spotted. So, uh, yeah, apparently there does not exist a butthole cut. However, for a couple of uh, glorious uh, days on Twitter, there was a possibility that this this uh, cinematic atrocity, which has already been ripped to shreds, could have also had that as well. Right. right. Cool. That's right. the only thing that made me want to see the movie. The buttholes? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's nothing. This is like the Snyder know. cut of, uh, of Justice League. Is that the, the idea? Uh, I don't know. Are there buttholes in that? I mean, maybe. We'll never know if they don't put out the cut. <laughs> ben Affleck, like no? The, yeah, it's like the bat nipples from the Schumacher era. That's right. Did you guys see the, the Oscars when um, James Corden and uh, Rebel Wilson came out dressed as cats? I did. It but fully funny. made up, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. All right. One last uh, round of uh, headline here. Yeah. The last, in the last pandemic-related one uh, from the headlines, uh, as everybody is working from home and we're rapidly discovering as a global society that... Uh, we may not have the internet capacity to handle so many people doing stuff online at the same time. In Europe, Netflix has not only been asked, but according to this article, has already decided to reduce its European network traffic by 25% to help deal with the, the pain. So they've reduced their, uh, the bit rates of their streams that are going on there. I don't know. This article doesn't have like, uh, I don't think they have any comparison shots of, you know, did it go from 4K down to HD? Are we talking all the way down to SD? But presumably, you know, it's not coming in quite as, as crisp and colorful as it would normally be. Yeah. So if you're paying for the premium service with the 4K, I wonder if you'd still be getting your money's worth. Yeah. I wonder if they would give you some sort of credit for that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know about you guys, but like I, I had some internet problems last week and I had just upgraded my internet service last month. And so I just, I ran a couple of speed tests on my network and I find that my network has, has dropped considerably in terms of speed during the day. Um, I think that, you know, obviously I think the the providers are dealing with the load and maybe they're throttling back our services a bit. I don't know if you guys have noticed any differences in, or even looked at it. But yeah, it's uh, that would affect, you know, things like your Netflixes and your Hulus and so on and so forth as well, right? Yeah, it mm -hmm. certainly would. Yeah. I, I, I know from my business alone, which is a very small one, you know, there's suddenly 700 people working from home and a lot of them doing Skype calls and everything else during the day. Right, yeah. Um, you know, multiply that by the number of, of businesses that are now doing that and it's pretty easy to see how that gets gobbled up pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, and they don't, I mean, like the, it's been a long known thing or maybe not known to the public, but in internet service provider worlds, you know, back in the day when we had modems and things like that, we used to dial up. Um, you didn't buy, you didn't set up enough equipment for every single customer. You set up enough equipment for the the main load, like the average load, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the infrastructure is set up for the, you know, the, the mean, not not the, the peak, right? So yeah. all of a sudden, you know, for the last week or so, people have been, you know, sitting at home doing work on their computers at home.
home, which were the infrastructure was never really set aside to do that, right? So, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't suppose most people would notice, but I noticed. Anywho, alrighty, well, here we are. So, I just before we get into this, I want to say that we have a new listener who is one of our biggest listeners on More Than Just Code. Uh, sent me a message today saying that he started listening to Spotcast specifically to listen to the Picard stuff, and he wanted me to sort of uh, have a like find a way to sort of say when we're going to talk about Picard so he can skip past all the headlines which we just recorded and so get to this part of the show. So this is for you, Sean. Uh, this is the uh, reason you're here. This is episode, uh, season one, episode nine of Star Trek Picard at in Aikido Ego, part one. And I just realized too, before we get into this, that we each take a turn doing a sort of recap of, of the, um, the episodes. And um, I just realized this is episode nine and I went last week, so I don't get to do another um, recap until we come back. Woo! That's right. You get to do episode one of season two or episode one of Discovery, whichever comes oh, first. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, we'll try and remember that, too. Um, mm. So I think this is Jonathan. Or... It, yep. It's my turn this week. All right. So off you go. All right. So uh, I'm going to start off with a, just a little bit about the title. So uh, so it's Et in Arcadia Ego. And so that's Latin, obviously. Latin for even in Arcadia, there I am. I, mm-hmm. in this case, means death. Um, Arcadia is is an example of a utopia. It was a place in Peloponnesia where it was far from the sea and was this sort of beautiful utopian place where shepherds tended their flocks. Uh, and so it's supposed to say that, uh, yeah, even in the midst of paradise, there is death, which I think is a very apt one as we start getting into this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we start off with uh, a trip to the Transwarp Conduit. And uh, we're right where we left off last episode, the, the uh, La Serena had entered into this Transwarp Conduit, uh, followed by a mysterious ship, the Snakehead ship, driven by Narek, uh, piloted. And they're going through this transwarp conduit. Agnes is currently hiding underneath a table or desk, uh, saying, please be over, please be over, please be over. Clearly not enjoying the ride. Uh, they pop out the other side of this, and they're in the Gullian sector. And they head to the fourth planet in the Gullian sector, this beautiful, idyllic-looking planet. And uh, they mentioned to us that it's taken them 15 minutes to travel to 25 light years, and they've come to what Soji identifies as Capellius, the homeworld of the synths. Uh, Narek pops out of his uh, wormhole, or the uh, the transwarp conduit, and decides to ruin this beautiful uh, tra- trip that they've finished, and starts trying to blow them out of the sky. Uh, he's taking shots at them. He pulls a pretty cool trick where he uses his cloaking device to project a, a false signal so they think that he's, uh, that they've zapped him and that he's dying, so they lower the shields because they're going to bring him on board and then he they realize that he was using a, his cloaking device to project a signal uh, to a different location, and he zip- opens up, drops his shield or drops his cloaking device behind them and shoots them again and uh just as it looks like they're gonna get blown out of the sky by this guy all of a sudden another transwarp conduit door opens and sure enough it's the entire artifact now healed the giant borg cube that was appropriated by seven of nine in last episode and uh it is sort of flying in there uh out of nowhere all of a sudden a beautiful sfx shot by the way like yeah it's it like reminds- i had like a little squeal 
soul when that was happening and watching that. Absolutely. Um, it, it, uh, it's at that moment when Rafi says, you know, we're getting signal from the surface. We've got five bogeys coming up. And all of a sudden you see these things popping up on the screen and they look like giant Venus flytraps, giant flowers. And they fly up into the, uh, out of the, into the uh, stratosphere, into the atmosphere, out of the atmosphere. And they basically wrap themselves around La Serena and the, the snakehead, Narek's ship, and even around the Borg cube and start dragging them down towards the planet, uh, you know, with lots of, of uh, you know, flames and fanfare. And it's pretty weird. And as they're doing this, uh, they start absorbing all the power from the ships. Uh, it's at that moment when they're sort of headed down that Picard sort of seems to have uh, an episode. He is lying back in his chair and uh, they're like, you know, looking at him and he's not looking well. And they say, Picard, are you okay? And he says, thank you for coming, everyone. And they fade into the intro with Picard looking not not well. Um, we cut back from the the, uh, the intro where Picard is having a dream. He's flashing back to, you know, some of the stuff from the earlier episodes, meeting with the doctor and putting on his badge again, his com badge from the, uh, the Starfleet days. And then he wakes up to find Agnes standing over him. And uh, she's got a tricorder. And she says, you know, all the power is out in the ship, but we I found this old-fashioned tricorder, which, you know, it's a little bit of a dig, which I thought was kind of mean, but um, she's using the tricorder and, and waving it over him, and she says, you know, yeah, I, I there it's going to be kind of a strange set of signals here, but, you know, it must be just an old tricorder. And he says, no, it's it, the tricorder's working just fine. What you think you saw, you saw. So he then goes and, uh, and he sort of looks at her and sort of she knows what she saw, and she starts getting a little teary-eyed. Then he goes down and talks to the uh, rest of the crew and sort of tells them that what uh, what the what it was what it actually is, which is that he's got that uh, was it aromatic arrow arrow uh, aromatic yeah. syndrome. Aromatic. Yeah. There you go. Aromatic syndrome. He doesn't actually use that in this episode, so I, I didn't have a chance to write it down. But I was trying to remember because I know Jaime, you remembered it from a previous episode. Uh, this this degenerative brain disorder, which was covered in the last episode of, of Star Trek Next Generation, he's mentioned it earlier here. Uh, so he tells the rest of the crew, I've you know got this condition and you know yes it's fatal and i don't want to talk about it anymore and if anybody pities me i'm going to be very pissed off um so you know obviously everybody's pretty shocked but given that they've just crash landed in the desert after being attacked by a giant flower and saw a board cube pulled out of the sky i think they're managing it pretty well uh turns out the ship's still intact they've uh they've landed just uh five kilometers from Capella station on a class m planet and uh soji remembers that this this uh, colony is there and that that's where she's from, that she was born, she's born there. But she says she's having problems with her memory. She, she's, she's piecing together all these facts. She's remembering details, but she said it's, you know, it's not clear exactly what's happening. So they have to go and sort of figure out what's up, what, what's up there. Uh, we cut outside. We see La Serena is, is dug pretty, pretty far into the desert. And uh, there's a, a funny reference to, you know, as they come out, the uh, angry reptiloids and homicidal fungi. I was trying to right. remember yeah. which where the homicidal fungi is that from the that's from the TOS isn't it uh, maybe I couldn't yeah. think of it either I wasn't sure if there was um, maybe whatever okay do you remember when they had the officer exchange and Riker goes on the Klingon ship and oh, yeah, the Klingon yeah. comes to the Enterprise there was some sort of thing that was like bacteria or possibly fungi which is where I'm going with this that was eating the hulls of the ship both ships and that's why they, they ended up getting into a, a little bit of a tussle at the end do you remember this episode? Yeah. 
Yeah, I and, do. I mean, that or it was like a weird, you know, since Rafi's really into the, uh, you know, the conspiracy truther stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe she's digging into stuff that Discovery was supposed to be, you know, covered up from, you know, and, and it's a misinterpretation of the mycelial network. Mm, right, right. Yeah, I thought maybe it was, yeah, I thought maybe it was a mycelial crack. But uh, yeah, we'll have to dig into that one. That could be interesting. Uh, so from there, they step out of the La Serena and they come outside. They look off in the distance and they see the smoke rising, which is that much smoke. Clearly, it's the, the downed artifact, the board cube. And they decide, you know what, let's, let's before we head to the go see the synths, let's go and see if anybody survived this because they know that Elnor is there and they think that Hugh might still be alive. They don't obviously know that Hugh uh, perished two episodes ago. But so they show up at the cube. They decide to stick together. They all show up at the cube. Uh, turns out there's a bunch of XPs still alive. Um, one of them recognizes Picard again as Locutus. Right. Yep. And um, El- turns out Elnor's alive. They're alive. Seven, obviously, still alive. And uh, so Seven is trying to get things operational so that they can, you know, make sure that everybody can survive. She's plugging in the food replicators. And they said, well, can you plug in anything else for us? Could you plug in the long-range scanners? And when they do, they get a very unpleasant surprise in the form of 218 Romulan warbirds on route, uh, yeah, which is a, at least to a funny exchange about, you know, that's not so bad. It's, you only have really have to worry about the first 109. Um, <laughs> Agnes uh, then obviously tells Elnor about Picard's situation because, um, you know, Elnor and his inability to hide his uh, feelings or willingness to hide his feelings says to Picard as they're all getting ready to leave, you know, oh, I don't want, I don't want you to go now because now I know you're dying. And um, so there's a nice exchange between between the two of them as as Picard tells him how proud he is of him and uh, yeah it's, it's sort of a sweet moment between the two of them although I, I suspect this is not the last time they'll see one another so sure enough we end up going to Copelia uh, uh, Station and as they come into town it becomes pretty apparent that the, it is a city of twins everybody seems to have uh, a doppelganger as with Soji and Asha uh, we're introduced to Arcana who uh, is uh, one of the people who recognizes uh, um, Soji right away, and she recognizes Picard as well. She recognizes him as Data's captain, and says she feels surprisingly moved to see him, and goes over and sort of strokes his wrinkles around his eyes, and is fascinated by his his uh, aged face. Interesting, interesting exchange. Uh, Soji breaks the bad news that there are these warbirds headed for them, and that they're in you know deep trouble. They've come there to wipe them out. They say they only have ten of those orchid uh, devices. The giant man-eating plants left uh, so they don't really have a means to defend themselves. And so at that point, we get a really weird uh, new character introduced, Dr. Altman Inigo Sung, who is played by Brent Spiner and says he is the son of Union Sung. Uh, he so may Data's have created... Brother, effectively, yeah. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah, essentially Data and Lore's brother. Um, strange that we've never heard anything reference to that before, but I guess you know, got to roll with it. Um, and we also meet a character that they quickly identify, they looks very much like the way that uh, Soji does. And they say, oh, you must be Jana. But no, it's Jana's twin sister, Sutra. So again, back to the theory of, of duality. Uh, Sutra thinks that the admonition, the the ritual, the, the, the vision that is given to the uh, Jatvaj is not something that synthetics are supposed to have, uh, not something that humans or, or organics are supposed to have. It's something that 
was meant for synthetic minds. And in order to try and prove this, she suggests that uh, having studied the Vulcan mind meld, that she can mind meld with Agnes and help by interpreting this. And so sure enough, she she mind melds with Agnes. And I, I wrote this down because I thought it was a sort of an interesting thing. Uh, life begins, the dance of division and replication, imperfect, finite. Organic life evolves and yearns per- for perfection. That yearning leads to synthetic life, but organics perceive this perfe- perfection as a threat. When they realize their creations do not age or become sick and or die, they will seek to destroy them, and in so doing, destroy themselves. Beyond the boundaries of time and space, we stand, an alliance of synthetic life, watching you, waiting for your signal. Summon us, and we will come. You have, you will have our protection. Your evolution will be their extinction. Uh, yeah, pretty epic. Again, we obviously we saw these same visions and we heard these same messages as part of the admonition that the Javaj had gone through that was so powerful that it destroyed the minds of people. They committed suicide. They went insane. Um, but to see it slowed down, again, we get that confirmation. We clearly see the Starfleet logo. We see Data's face. We see the attack on Mars. Um, and so it sort of brings everything full circle from that first scene a couple episodes ago. Um, any thoughts on that one there, guys? I'm not sure what to believe. Like, there's an interpretation that uh, it truly is only meant for, you know, synthetics, that only they have the sort of physical capacity in their, you know, the way that their minds work to really handle what's going on there. So I could see one argument of like, yeah, if you're if you're an organic, it might turn you crazy or might make you uh, be overwhelmed with all these emotions and you kill yourself. Like we saw a lot of the Romulan initiates or uh, would-be initiates happen. Um, or it, it could be like this giant troll just to from some other entity that wants to see synthetics and organics fight it out. It, right. It's hard to say at, at the moment. Mm. They also took out the Borg ship as well and, and made mm-hmm. the, the other Romulans crazy too, right? So, mm-hmm. Or sorry, the, the craziness took out the Romulan ship, right? So Because I guess once they assimilated, that thought became available to the Borg network, right? Yeah, and that's clearly why they disconnected, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It's clearly a plot by the uh, the consortium of the Tholians and the <laughs> crystalline entity who are like, we are neither synthetic nor organic because we're silicon-based. There you go. Right. Now, yeah. uh-huh, there's the new theory there. There's yeah, a that twist. to the Reddit list. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after having this revelation and this this big sort of download of information, we, we get uh, a sort of a quieter scene between uh, the new Dr. Sung and Agnes. She is uh, in there with him and he's sort of chastising her for you know her actions in killing Bruce Maddox, thinking that this would somehow prevent this uh, apocalyptic vision that she's had in her head. He says, shame on you. you. You owe a great debt. And if you want to repay that debt, I've got a way for you to do it. And so he pulls back this tarp over one of his tables and he's building a golem. Um, so essentially it's a, a android body in which he intends to place a human consciousness. And they, his own, yeah. Yeah, theoretically his own. And they talk about mind transfer and, and the idea of, uh, yeah, turning a human or an organic into a an android. And she seems pretty keen to get involved and help out with that. Um, the next scene, we get a little bit more data download. They say that they're able to, uh, they've increased their capacity and they've now got 23 of the orchids, uh, which is still not nearly enough. And Soji and Sutra are arguing over, you know, this plan. They have a plan and Soji's against it. And Sutra says, this is the only way. And it's at the end of the scene that we see Narek being hauled in. He's bloodied and he's roughed up and he's being hauled into custody by the, uh, the synthetics. Uh, next up, we see Spot 2, Spot 2, the sequel, uh, a, a an android 
Android cat after we already met the Android butterflies. We have Android cat. Um, Agnes tells them that uh, tells the crew that he's she's going to stay behind uh, while they go back and try and repair La Serena. She says she's going to stay there and she's going to work on the golem. She says she owes a debt. She has to to work on it. And there's a, a nice little moment where they're still clear that uh, that Chris Rios and she still have some some feelings beyond just you know doing it in the captain's cabin. Um, Arcana is giving Rafi a device as they head on their way. So uh, Rios and um, and Rafi are going back to fix La Serena. Gives her a device that says it's a fixing device, but doesn't explain how to use it. She has to use your, your, use your imagination. And uh, and another nice scene between Rafi and Picard where, you know, she sort of says, you know, I know you don't want this, but I have to say thank you. And I have to say I love you. And so she tells him he loves him and he seems quite taken aback. And she says, you don't have to say it too. And then he says, I love you too. And she's quite tearful. And it's, it's an interesting, interesting to see Picard's evolving that way. Picard is then in Maddox's quarters and he's trying, or Maddox's former quarters, trying to send a message to Starfleet. He says, you know, we've got a first contact situation. There's an impending attack from the Romulan fleet and we need your help. Trying to get this message through. He's repeating the message. It's not going through. Cut back to Narek, who is now the prisoner. He's in basically a, a force fielded room and he is being guarded by Saga, who is the twin of Arcana. And uh, she, he says, you know, don't, you know, please, I want some water. I want some water. And she says, you know, well, you know, he says, you know, oh, you have to be nice to me. And he, he says, you know, how do Romulans treat their prisoners? He says, well, never mind that. Um, she's tempted, though. Saga's going to open the door and give him some water from his backpack. And Soji comes over and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't let that guy out. He's the worst. Do not let him out. He tried to kill me. And there's a very sort of uh, conflicted scene between the two of them where he sort of leans in and says, I love you. And she says, I know what a sad, twisted thing you are. Um, very, very kind of, you know, bitter and, and hostile after, of course, he tried to kill her. Uh, he says, you know, I, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anyways. They're going to rain down fire. The Romulans are coming and they're going to rain down fire. And she says, no, no, you won't. And so in that moment, we get the feeling that she's suddenly on board with the plan, with whatever it is Arcana had to say. Picard and Soji then are talking in Maddox's old quarters and, uh, and she talks about the logic of sacrifice. She says, I don't understand it. I don't understand why there's logic in, you know, doing a, a bad thing for good reasons. And, and so they're having this sort of phil- philosophical, you know, she's sort of dancing around him and, and fucking in riddles. Uh, and while this is happening, there's a, a parallel scene with Sutra. Uh, and Sutra says, you know, oh, I'll, it's my turn. I'll, I'll believe you, Saga. Saga wanders off. Uh, she opens the, the force field and sort of leans into Narek and she says, you know, basically I have a plan and, you know, I'm, it's taking all my willpower, but I'm not going to kill you because I have a plan. And Picard uh, is back in the room with uh, Soji. He's trying to figure out what's up. He's asking her questions, at which point we hear a scream. They come downstairs and Saga is dead. She's, I don't know whether that was hanging around her neck, some sort of a pin or bobble of yeah, some like kind. Yeah, like a brooch or something. A brooch yeah, yeah. Yeah. has been jammed through her eye and uh, she's dead and Narc has escaped now. So, so there's a, there's an interesting thing because um, what's the name of the, the clone of um, Soji? Um, Sutra? Sutra. She says, do you want to get out of here to him? Yes. And then the next thing you hear is a scream and then you see it's not uh, Sutra that's dead. It's the other. It's Saga, twin. yeah. Yeah. And so when did that, you know, you know so, so, so obviously I, something happened, right? Yeah. So I think what we're supposed to infer is that maybe even Sutra killed Saga and let Narak go oh, in, maybe, in order maybe. to let that happen. Well, I kind of wonder, yeah, we can come to this. I, I kind of wonder if this is kind of 
kind of like the setup where Commodore O, you know, started the whole thing with the attack on Mars to make it look like the synthetics were so vile that they had to be, you know, banished, right? Or mm-hmm. abolished. Mm-hmm. So similar sort of idea because, you know, this does, this plot point does lead to what happens next, right? Exactly. So there is, a, you're right, there's another parallel there to, you know, the same sort of message that led to the synth being banned is that they're now looking to ban the organics. So uh, we cut to a scene where it's, it's not really a funeral so much as it's basically they've got Saga lying there on this platform, uh, you know, while they all gather around and they witness, oh my God, look at her. She's, look what happened to her. And if this can happen to her, it could happen to all of us. These, these vile organics. Um, why they left the brooch stabbed through her eye, I mean, other than for yeah. effect, is a little gruesome. That was for us, I think for our benefit. Right? Uh, yeah, I guess so you don't go like, who was that lying there? Uh, so Sutra basically says, you know, you know what? I heard the message that was in uh, in Jurati's head, in Agnes's head, and there's this race of high synths, and the high synths want to want to help us. So I say we activate the beacon, and we get these guys here, and they're going to help us. And she basically says, you know, yeah, they're going to come here, and they're going to stop the organics. They're going to, you know, wipe them out. And Picard says, you know, you will become the destroy- destroyers after all. And Picard says, you know, you know what? This is ridiculous. You guys don't need to do this. You don't need to be that extreme. Like, we're, we're going to go back. We're going to fix the ship. We'll get La Serena. There's room for everybody. We'll get on the ship and we'll get out of here. I'll take you back to the Federation and I will be your strongest, loudest advocate to, to save you, to keep you alive. And Sung is the one who actually harpoons him and basically says, you know, they're not going to listen to you. They didn't listen to you last time. They're not going to listen to you this time. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to be able to save these people. Uh, and basically just undermines him. And so they go through with their plans. So they place him under arrest, place Picard under arrest. They're going to place Agnes under arrest too, but she basically begs her way out to say, you know, I've lived my whole life for this moment. I want to be here with you guys. I, I want to help and, you know, make up for what I did with Maddox. I want to stay and work on the golem for soon, uh, knowing that obviously if they're coming to eradicate organics, that he'll be killed too. That's obviously what he's been, you know, working on thinking that he will transfer his mind into this golem. And, uh, and the episode starts to wind down with Picard being hauled off and, uh, and Agnes going off to work with Soong. And then we cut to the last scene, which is in space, 24 hours away from arrival. Commodore O is on the bridge of the lead uh, bird of prey and, or warbird, warbird. And uh, she basically says, you know, 24 hours to go. And you see this massive fleet descending on towards Bovelius. So, uh, and the end. The end. Tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. What'd you guys think of this one? This is a shorter episode. It was only 45 minutes. We've had a couple of long ones. Yeah, we got a couple of long ones back to back. And and the last one, as you, you know, poor Tim, you had last, our last episode had the massive data dump of episode. This one was a little more breezy. It kept on moving, um, tied up a few more threads, but sort of kept things moving. Uh, What'd you think? I found it a bit disjointed though, right? Like, I mean, sort of, they kind of sealed up things kind of quickly in some ways, but, and then, you know, it's typical of, of the original series where, you know, Kirk and Spock would get themselves into this situation and then they, the tables would turn and they would be, you know, imprisoned or whatever. That's kind of sort of how this, this particular episode, uh, evolved, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that like the, like, you know, we're all thinking, oh, everybody will just go along with the card and it'll all be good. And, you know, the, he'll save the synth and they'll be grateful for him saving. But all of a sudden, no, they're, they're turning on him and they're turning on all of organic society. Right. So, and this whole concept of the high synths, I mean, that's, you know, is that like V'ger again or the people that fixed V'ger, you know? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that starts to play out what, uh, what exactly that is. It seems like, Mm -hmm. do you remember that episode, that really convoluted episode that tried to explain why all, uh, all the aliens have the same shape? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is immediately where my mind went on this one. 
like oh, really? the ancient race had left a message behind and the message yeah. is we were here first yeah a little neener neener from the ancestors <laughs> this awesome troll like leaving some weird thing in a uh, like a time capsule at your school knowing that 20 years from now they're going to see some weird thing in the future yeah, yeah. yeah. So interesting you know it wasn't sort of very it was was it sort of cliffhanger cliffhangery for you guys i mean every every episode kind of sort of has been for the last little while right like wanting wanting you to come back and watch the next episode see what's going to happen yeah, yeah well, i did none of it was really anything that i found surprising i mean you know yeah. the the you know there's some since that don't think that the federation's any good like that's not a surprise yeah. there's you know um uh, you know i i don't know i i wasn't there was no twist where i was like oh i never saw that coming i was really interested in the in the you know slowed down version of that um the, the, yeah, the video uh, yeah yeah that was kind of interesting but uh no you're right i think i think this was a good episode it was sort of moving along but it wasn't mm-hmm. like it really does feel like it probably needs the second half to make it all come together well yeah i find it i find it kind of odd that uh, by the way my prediction next week is that that star trek will have re- or the federation will have received his message and they will come from bs12 to save the day at the last minute um anyway uh, um i find it odd that the that these these synths who are all super intelligent just kind of stand around waiting to be told what to do and where to go you know um by the the, the three or four characters that are sort of leaders of the group right sort of thing yeah it's it is interesting it, it's funny because they you know they are sort of living in this very sort of utopian place yeah uh there haven't really been examples of them you know they don't seem to be data level sophisticated in that way right like right, data yeah. obviously was you know tactically trained and everything as well but if they're supposed to be equally you know uh intelligent in their capabilities it, it, they don't there's no real great illustration of that well they all have that jason Bourne switch too right well i mean do they so, or was that just for her because she was undercover just for soji because she was undercover yeah. well, somebody mentions in the beginning she she was sent on a mission you've completed your mission or something like that right Did you yeah catch that line at the beginning well because her mission was supposed to be go to the um artifact and figure out uh, the conspiracy right oh, okay because that that was why maddox said he sent them undercover because they he wanted to figure out the roots of this conspiracy behind the attack on mars and why they were done right. so she did she figured out that was the jatvaj and why right so i guess how they would have known that in the five seconds after she returned that's unclear but yeah i'm still holding on to my idea of <laughs> you know of of wharf and Riker all sort of showing up as part of the millennium uh, falcon yeah that squad yeah yeah um i am curious as to i mean we, we've only got one episode unless it's a monster episode like maybe in an yeah. hour and a half episode it would mm-hmm. be more complete but i'm i'm starting to have doubts that we'll get more than maybe 75 percent complete um mm-hmm. coverage of all the sort of uh storylines that have been built up and whether it'll be like i thought season two was going to be more of a harder shift towards hey other things are going on mm-hmm. kind of like uh, disco did but now i'm kind of wondering if it'll be a couple of episodes into the next season that really uh, the sort of tail end of this story that leads into whatever the main thrust is for season two so, so here's a question for you guys that occurred to me as i was watching tonight's show and, and i want to know if it occurred to you too this was the first time that they sort of addressed and, and i guess we knew it from as long ago as 20 years ago from the the final episode of tng but this is the first time where they really used the word fatal around uh picard's illness mm-hmm. do you think we'll see picard's death in this series i don't know but like where where, did, where does the whole uh, all things must pass episode come into play then right because he's a lot older in that episode right yeah but they've altered that timeline right that's, that's no longer a thing right like he oh. still has the aromatic uh, syndrome but that was part of his genetic makeup going forward well, how did they alter the timeline in, 
in, in Generations or something? Or uh, no, they did it in that within that uh, within that episode, right? There was the three timelines. It was the old, the current, oh. and the future. And then they basically got them all lined. And when he has that epiphany, mm. Q basically comes to him and says, "You solved it. Your your brain basically evolved in that way. You thought in a different way, and and you know now the future is yours to make whatever." Right. So you don't think John Delancey is going to show up in the episode ten? I really, really would love it if Q would show up in next season. <laughs> I really would. I was thinking about like who else could they bring back, and I was yeah. like, well, Gates McFadden would be a good one, obviously the yeah. Doctor. Um, but I would love it if John Delancey came back at some point. That would be so yeah. much fun. And you know, they could bring him back as an older man too, and just be like, hey, when in Rome, right? Yeah. But uh, I was I was watching um, an episode which I hadn't seen too often, but the the one where Picard, like the three captains from uh, four captains from different ships, or or an ensign and and, a, and Nausicaan and some guy with a blue head get sent to a planet where they're they're imprisoned and they're in, they're yes, in the chamber. Yes, I remember and, that one. Yeah, yeah, good and one. And they have a substitute Picard. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, because I, I, missed, I missed the beginning of it, or I missed the whole setup of it, but at the end of the episode, Gates McFadden walks in and sits next to Picard and kind of gives him that, you know, look. Yeah. So does she and the Selacrum have <laughs> a thing? Or Dirty. like the, the duplicate <laughs> copy of Picard? Do they have a, a fling or something? Or I think that's supposed to be inferred, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, right. We don't know for sure. It's like Data and, and Tashi are. No, no, right? we know that happened. Oh, do we? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause she, she's very pointedly says, Data, it never happened. Right, right, right. Which is a thing that women say when they're ashamed of sleeping with you, right? Mm, I guess, yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, was wait, I was waiting to see which one of you buggers would do that. I totally was. I was waiting to see which one of you be like, not me. <laughs> that one was just hanging out there. I was like, man, I have to take a swing. <laughs> well done, Jaime. Well done. Be crushed out of the park. <laughs> I knew I knew one of you guys would step up for that one. <laughs> um, so, actually, maybe this is a good time to... to who, who put the preview episode 10 here? Who was that? I did. I, I chucked that in there because I know that uh, in the in, for the last few weeks we haven't been watching those because you get them in, in uh, on your view. Yeah. I may, uh, so I found it online and chucked it in there. Tim, I don't know if you had a chance to view it, but there's a little 30-second nope. preview of uh, episode 10. Nope. I can watch it now. Yeah, it's you worth can... a preview because right, we'll have a look. it'll lead into uh, predictions for the the next episode and, and how specifically I think the episode will end. Yeah, you think it's set up for your predicted ending? So I'm still going with, you know, Worf and Riker show up. And rather than thinking, oh, this is going to actually resolve this season, I'm going to lean the other way and say... It's going to be a hard cliffhanger and it's going to be, you know, Riker has gotten, I don't know, like the USS Titan out of mothballs or something. And he's leading the squadron of Starfleet coming to, to save the day. And they're wondering like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know, should, should we fire on the Romulans? Like they're, you've got like a treaty with them, you know, even though these guys went rogue. And, you know, of course, you know, he, he found some time to go pick up Worf and it ends with Mr. Worf fire. And it's like, boom, it's like, oh, see you next year, suckers. <laughs> that would be a hell of an end. I think we should get you on this show or doing some writing for them. Right, right. People are like, oh, they'd be losing their minds. Um, what, what I thought was interesting about this show is we, we finally got the answer to how big the La, La Serena, yeah, La Serena is um, because we now see them standing beside it kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we get a, a sort of general idea. It's kind of Millennium Falcon size, I think, right? Um, yeah, it seems like it's got some space inside. I mean, he says they could fit the entire synth population inside, which, again, it's probably a few dozen, right? 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd be cozy or comfy, but they'd be, they'd be uh, alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they don't have to lie down. They all just stand there, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah. It, it is more in the small freighter, you know, very mm. similar to the Millennium Falcon, if you think about it. Or Defiant, and, maybe. Yeah. Defiant. Uh, maybe the Firefly. Uh, yes, Firefly mm. sort of ship, right? Yes. Yeah, Firefly's a little... Yeah, I guess Firefly's kind of big, too, because yeah, it's got that big cargo bay in it. Mm-hmm. Not that Tammy would know what that we're talking about, but... <laughs> Did you guys get a chance to watch Westworld this week? I did not. No, no and I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out where it fits into the set of things I'm doing. And I'm wondering if I might delay for like a month and then binge to catch up and watch in real time. Yeah, this was it was an interesting episode, like a pretty big sort of departure from from the last two seasons. It was, a, it was um, you know, obviously moved to the real world. So it was really, it was weird. It was sort of a uh, little matrixy, little, uh, little mm-hmm. not, it wasn't quite as bleak as Blade run it was much more sleek it was much more sort of modern um but yeah again it's interesting to see where they're going to take this show yeah i thought in season one they sort of established that they couldn't uh, they couldn't leave because remember she tries to get on the train and she goes halfway and then turns back well she turns back because she's developed that emotional connection right she goes back for the, the girl that was her daughter the right? little girl yeah yeah Which so was just an implant right yeah yeah so in this one um i don't want to spoil anything but one of the characters in season two Two gets out of the park. Yeah, we know which one it is too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Well, he hasn't seen the previews yet. Well, have you seen Wait, season what? two? Did you see yeah, season, I've seen two? season two? I oh, just, okay. I just didn't start season three. Oh, three. Okay. Which was on Sunday, right? Yeah. So, so Dolores is the only one outside the park, right. having escaped at the end of season two. But yeah, that's so. It's uh, this episode is very Dolores centric. Mm-hmm. But yes, very, very cool, very cool start. So I'll, I'll give you that much of a teaser, and off you go. All right. So do we want to talk about the preview, or do we want to just move? Yeah, on? Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's. Uh, sorry. Let's okay. circle back to the preview. Uh, now okay. that you've seen it, time it. What's your so what's your uh, what? How does this tie into your theory? So there was a lot of pew 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 going on, right? So uh, I'm gonna guess that things don't go super well. For, I mean, the in this episode they talked about how the the orchid sort of um, space plant stuff. You know, they, they don't have enough to defend against much of anything. Like they can take down maybe like ten. Yeah, but the they, would, they can make more though, right? In time. Yeah, given time they can make more. So let, let's pretend that they could take out like the first hundred and nine. They still have the, the <laughs> remaining hundred and nine. And so yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking, like, all right, like it helps clear things out. Um, it's unclear um, what Seven of Nine is going to be able to do with the artifact. And can she call like the Fenders Rangers to help in addition to mm. Starfleet? So that's what I'm still kind of thinking that uh, that it'll, it'll be the, the cliffhanger kind of ending for, mm. for season one. There's a clip. So I, I was able to slow it down as, as you can do with these newfangled devices. There's a clip right at the very end of the uh, trailer that shows this sort of portal open and these sort of uh, uh, tentacles, robotic tentacles reaching through. I wonder if this is supposed to be the, uh, the synthetic life and they, you know. You don't yeah. think it's the Dalek coming? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting vision. Again, I, I'm curious to see how they resolve this, you know. Obviously, we know there is going to be a season two, so they don't have to wrap everything up in a bow, but it'll be, uh, it's been building to a head, so it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up. Mm, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the watch list. Hit me up. Uh, so mine are a couple of things that I've got. One is a video from, um, what do you call it? The, the Jimmy Kimmel live show. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is before everything started locking down. Uh, as of this recording, Jimmy Kimmel has been doing like recorded monologues from like his iPhone or something in his own house. And then they're using that for content. Mm-hmm. I think Conan O'Brien is going to do the same thing. Yeah. Trevor Noah is doing that too. He's doing it at home, calling his, calling his, uh, co-stars and doing bits on the phone. Oh, is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't even seen that. Um, mm-hmm. but in this case, they did have a segment that was, I guess, pre-recorded. 
wizard that was uh who's the captain now uh, star trek trivia <laughs> hosted by jory laforge mr lavar burton himself nice. and the contestants uh sir patrick stewart and uh mayor pete Buttigieg, who folks may know as the uh former democratic presidential candidate hmm. is he still a mayor no i don't think so but no. i think i think they still call mayor similar to calling like presidents when, oh, you, okay, when you're gotcha. no longer in office mm. do they do that for uh prime minister uh no uh, no not so much no no so so when your prime minister leave is like hey justin yeah <laughs> well just... they, we just call them former prime minister right they don't they, you would always, you always throw a former in front yeah but prime ministers usually go into hiding after they lose yeah yeah that does seem to be a tradition they sort of hide out in the background for a while because yeah we tend to have them running for a long time yeah but it's so, pretty good so, so who won but yeah i guess spoilers it, it ends up being uh patrick stewart but um Buttigieg does a pretty good job uh it seems like it's very clear just especially given his age that he had like a tng era sort of uh of thing going on for him for when he grew up and i was also pretty impressed because this isn't necessarily typical how uh, how well patrick stewart did because it's quite often that these uh these actors don't necessarily know all the nitty-gritty detail and trivia about the roles that they play so i was very pleasantly surprised there interesting cool mostly got for us next two are they're not going to play very well for the audio medium so we'll have these in the show notes so those of you transporting at home when you are safely able to pull over your car or something and then take out your phone and take a look um one is a a meme on uh, the movie get out the uh, the one from uh, jordan peele and this is like the movie poster but it's called stay in and it shows the main actor you know on the couch but he's got a you know he's got a, an n95 mask some pasta on his lap it's got a, <laughs> a hand sanitizer in one hand and some toilet paper roll in the other the other cool. bit of levity is, is very similarly themed so for those of you who are fans of the hobbit and in particular the uh, desolation of smaug big red dragon played by um benedict cumberbatch in the movie they have smaug the dragon and instead of having you know his horde of, of golden treasures he has a you know a mask on his face he has some lysol in his one of his claws and an enormous amount of hoarded toilet paper rolls yeah <laughs> sounds about right yeah yeah and the last one i uh for my watch list that i saw today and it made me laugh was uh again tying back into the uh the thing that's on everyone's mind the the pandemic and sheltering and staying in isolation uh we had nick frost and simon Pegg react reenacting the scene from Shaun of the dead where they're talking about what their plan should be uh so it's the scene where they say you know uh okay so we stop by we you know kill my stepdad we grab mom we grab my girlfriend and we head to the pub and we wait right. for the whole thing to blow over right but in this case it's the two of them talking on their iphones and they're like no 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 we're not going to the pub no no we're not going anywhere stay home make a cup of tea and it's it's just it's really goofy funny but right done very much in the spirit of the uh of the episode uh, for the scene from Shaun of the dead i highly recommend it's worth uh, a check out because it's pretty damn funny cool all right well i guess that's it for another week hey honey so if people want to get in touch with you how would they do that i'm on twitter is at dev with the hair all right and jonathan people want to get in touch with you i'm on twitter and instagram is at jpk news all right i'm trapped at home too i'm t-i-m-m-i-t-r-a on the twitter machine is how you can get in touch with me so until next time we'll see you in the future bye bye, bye. you've been listening to the spotcast podcast this is john luke picard shut up wesley sorry say again just the tag gotcha if you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com.
you can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at SpotCast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at Patreon.com slash SpotCast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, SpotCast.com slash SponsorUs. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. It's good. It's really funny. Yeah. I no haven't word. really considered that uh, this podcast is sort of the polar opposite of uh, the way we have MTJC, where we have a lot of sort of lead in on this show with the headlines and fact check and stuff prior to getting to the main show, mm. whereas MTJC leads with the main content and then has a long tail of after show. Mm. So that's something I hadn't really considered. It is, it is very different in the way that like TNG is very different from Picard. There you go. That's a way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Similar but very different <laughs> did uh so next week we're gonna do episode 10 that's on you right, right? that's on me it's like yeah I, I i realized like wait i don't really have to take good notes this time i just have to sit back and watch things happen but <laughs> yeah. next week i've got some time blocked off so i can watch the episode and, and take copious notes yeah last week i had uh this week i knew that it was my turn and i was actually it was a busy day uh working on we're working on some covid uh related content for the health agency I work for and I was working right past until about 630 and I was like oh no I gotta get done I gotta be able to take good notes this time <laughs> right um, so next week is the last episode we still have to uh, circle back and maybe think about doing a belated uh, Spockies episode once we mm. get past that because we, we never did finish our Spockies nope and people can't go mm-hmm. to the theater and watch the Spockies now yeah but all the stuff we're going to talk about in the Spockies will be available on demand now oh I see yeah it'll have been been the right time yeah right. timely in their, in their lower definition Definition quality picture, but at least they get so much. That's only in Europe for now yeah. that, that we yeah, know yeah. of. Yeah, it's like trust us. The the special effects were really good. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't see them through your real media, real player ninety eight <laughs> era sort of resolution. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You guys are hanging in okay. Yeah, yeah. It's largely not so different since I've been working from home uh, across different jobs, but for the past three and a half years now, uh, going out is definitely different. Um, mm-hmm. For one, I try not to do too much of it, mm-hmm. and it's predominantly just for go getting some groceries. And it's like I'm trying to make sure that if they do do like a shelter in place kind of thing, and if it gets more extreme, just having you know a responsible amount of stuff, you know, shelf stable food and other necessities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I I had to go to the office twice this week, and I'm going to have to go tomorrow to pick up some stuff because on Monday I have to go into the hospital for a thing, and then so that means I have to self quarantine. Mm. Kind of a drag. I'm not planning on getting anything at the hospital, but you never know. Yeah, well, better to be safe, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tr- tricky thing out there. Again, I've been fortunate in that my uh, my company is well equipped. I I also work from home periodically. You know, mm-hmm. usually 
usually mm-hmm. at least one day a week, sometimes two days a week or more, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the weather. So we, our infrastructure is pretty good for it. So we're managing okay. Um, the biggest trick is here, you know, your rates going out, you know, into the into the wilds of the grocery store trying to find the things you're looking for. And <laughs> yeah, get past the uh, swarms of people hoarding uh, different products and that. That's that's the part that's yeah. a little weird. It's funny. I was walking the dog today and I noticed that even people won't stop with their dogs to let the two dogs cavort. You know? No, no. It's well, and it's funny. I had uh, I had our dog out the other day, and uh, an older couple were sort of walking by, and they said, "You know, oh, can we pet your dog?" I said, "Well, do you want to?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's sort of weird to drop all the normal social niceties. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to like really actively think. You know, don't don't shake somebody's hand. Just sort of wave at them from a well, distance. Today they were saying they were saying like uh, the, the choices are do the namaste thing where you put your palms together and you sort of bow. Um, the other one is just do the Vulcan hand salute instead of, you know, which is... Yeah, I don't understand us, why so. that's not, you know, like a thing, you know, get... Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the actor's name who did Spock on uh, Disco, but get him to do like a like a oh. homemade Twitter ad or something. Mm. Cross-promote with CBS All Access. Right, right. Yeah, it's been um, not too bad, though, I will say. I mean, I, you know, we take the dog out fairly regularly, and obviously I've been out in the neighborhood doing my shopping and stuff like that, and people are... I mean, maybe it's just, you know, the luck of where we're at right this point in it but people are still sort of smiling and you know being polite and you know i, mm-hmm. I see my neighbors walking down the street and you just sort of wave and hey how's it going and you know obviously everybody's keeping a respectful distance and a safe distance but um there does still still seem to be a, a camaraderie and a community feeling to yeah. it sure it's yeah. obviously very different depending on where you are i live in a suburban area so it's it's a little bit different but um yeah i mean it's it's nice that it hasn't turned everybody into you know as i said it's a, it's a weird situation where you're supposed to stay away from people but it's not like they're zombies you know like i could go sit in my yard and and everything's fine and I could go for a walk and everything's fine. It's just, you know, beyond that, that things get weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what this will be like if it's still, you know, in the, in the depths of it in summertime where it's like a beautiful day and people would out be out being active and you're like, well, you can, you just can't go near anybody or go out to any place where people congregate in large numbers. Right, right. Uh, I don't know what's, yeah, I don't know if you saw here, but there's the, the really, really bad idea of spring breakers out in Florida where it's nice and warm and sunny there congregating in, in numbers that don't make any sense. Yeah, and it, it does seem to be, obviously, uh, a younger generation doing that, but apparently the police have been rousing them off the beach, saying, like, spring break is cancelled, go home, because they're worried that if those people are swapping it and getting sick, that they'll end up in Florida hospitals, which are filled with Florida seniors, and then things get really bad. Right, right. So, again, I, it's, uh, it is a strange thing, you know, they're sort of, well, we're in the lowest ri- risk uh, category, well, okay, but the, you know, your neighbor isn't, your, your parents aren't, like, he's sensible but you know again i think you know not everybody that that's the thing isolation really only works if everybody's doing it and if people aren't then there's going to be some problems I might have to. Uh, I might have to rent the hunt so I can learn some techniques to, t- <laughs> to take out my my fellow humans in case it comes to that situation. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. yeah, you make a trap out of that. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> we, um, yeah, it's funny because the news came out this week that they were closing the uh, U.S. American border to non-essential traffic. So it'll be obviously just people who work and and uh, sharing of infrastructure and goods and stuff like that. But um, yeah, again, I, I think it's a, it's kind of a funny notion to think that our border is closed. I think. I think it just depends on the amount of Americans on the one side with guns is how closed it is. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to... You guys have got the toilet paper and the water. We're coming in. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're considering the the depths of essential, uh, even 
um, even Tesla here is like, well, we're still essential. It's like, do people really need brand new cars right yeah. now during this situation? I mean, uh, people here locally in the Seattle area questions like, wait a minute, Boeing is still open. What's so essential about building these airplanes, especially when air travel has been heavily restricted? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a wild ride. And I think the, the hot sort of, uh, you know, or at least nicer weather months can't can't come soon enough so we can see hopefully um hopefully this virus reacts in such a way that it dies down as it warmer yeah there's a couple of interesting studies that came out yesterday that uh were saying that the the timeline that people are looking for of you know a few weeks to a few months is a little bit ambitious that if you really want to minimize the number of deaths that uh, the time frame is closer to 12 to 18 months of uh social isolation and trying to distance and trying not to go to high risk areas and everything else and like that's a great notion too how do you prevent the deaths but also not prevent the deaths of at the global economy and also the people who would go you know insane being locked up and you know yeah social anarchy and 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 it's going to be a real interesting high wire act that uh, that has to be happening over the next few months so just saying you might want to practice those shots i mean <laughs> again still go to the hardware store and the sporting goods store barbed wire and a bat that's it learn from the walking dead it's a good technique. <laughs> yeah, doesn't run out like ammo. When katana sales go up on Amazon, when you see that as the number one ranked Amazon thing, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> well, we better not win the big lottery. I just found out that the uh, the prize center is closed if you win like a million dollars, which kind of sucks if you think about it. You know, you could sit on that for a little while. I mean, really, could you? Sure. Like if you had a paper ticket, like what would you do, right? Um, put it somewhere very secure. Yeah, I don't know. Take lots of photos of it and save them in secure areas. Yeah, put, yeah, put it still. put it inside for sure. Put it inside of like a Ziploc bag or, or even better like a <laughs> uh, like the archival quality bags that you can get for um, yeah. for comic books mm-hmm. and then maybe in a Ziploc bag so it'll be waterproof on top of it yeah I don't know keep it away from sunlight put it in a fire safe assuming you have one inside the house mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sure alrighty folks I think I'm gonna go try and see if I can watch uh, some more streamed television yeah I didn't get a chance to see The Masked Singer nor did I get the chance to see Lego Masters oh really mm. yeah do you have them PVR or yes, I do. Yeah, huh. mm-hmm. cool. yeah. I think it's uh, that'll be our next thing. Is what you watch? What are you watching? Yeah. Everybody be looking for the next recommendation. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, the thing is, I kind of wonder like what's going to happen to like shows like this and more than just cope because people aren't commuting anymore. You know? Yeah. Although I think people are making a concerted effort to like go out for a walk and stuff too. So you never know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Going to run out of things that you and your significant other agree on to watch. So why not? Uh, why not put on the headphones and listen to our respective back catalogs. That's yeah. 59 episodes prior to this one and I forget we're 280 290 289 prior to the episode that's well, about this is to come episode out. 60 we just did right now, right? So, yeah, 350 and, and episodes of of podcast content for Jaime folks. and Tim and yeah, Mark and Yeah, you can see Jonathan, the the whole family there. Some Tammy in there for good measure, some 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 vintage Greg Hio. Start a start a subreddit for this this nascent, you know, um, podcasting network. Mm. Which network? This one? The, yeah, the I, loose federation, the confederation, we may call it. Of oh, the more than just... Uh, uh, we have more than, we have just, more than just codes. The more than just universe? More relationship, just, yeah. such as it is with uh, Roundabout and with um, release notes. 
could always happen. We we talked about the the polar opposite of more than just code would be nothing but code or just code. <laughs> yeah. And for Spotcast, I'm a little unclear what our opposite would be unless we went like really hard into like nonfiction biographies or something. <laughs> they have like a book club and we're reading, you know, Napoleon's yeah. biography or something. <laughs> well, the original name for this podcast was Boldly Going, but then somebody else has a, has a podcast named that too, right? Mm. So, and Jaime, Jaime Vieira, that name. So we're called Spotcast because of him. <laughs> it's his fault. So it just fell into these names, these accidental names. Which is funny though, because like, like you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I did come up with a name, but I mean, Spock was like one of my favorite characters growing up, right? So as he is with most people, I guess. Mm-hmm. The logical one, the logical choice. Did you catch uh, the one character, Arcanus, that uh, fascinating? Yes, yes, because she's into the whole Vulcan, Vulcanishness. Hmm. A little bit of trivia here that I was seeing on uh, on the subreddits is that Copelius and Copelius Station likely take their names from the ballet of the same name about Doctor Copelius who produced is a lifelike dancing doll he names Coppelia. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense. With what well, Carol would are. know that because she's into that whole ballet scene thing. Hmm. Alright, should we call it a night? Yeah, we should call it a night. Alrighty. All right. Night scene. Talk to you later. Tune in next Talk time for the big finale. Indeed. Alright, bye. See you guys. <laughs> bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.